Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Moms and Margaritas Podcast. I'm glad that you're listening today. Um, I have with me Mindy Warner, and she is my sister-in-law. And today I got to have a very special experience because she has two little girls, and I borrowed one of them to live out one of my parenting fantasies which is taking a little girl to go get a pedicure in a princess chair in a dress like we totally dressed up but having four boys I don't get to do fun stuff like that so thank you for letting me carry whisk your daughter away today um I've been looking forward to it so I'm super excited um but I have lots of things I want to dive into with Mindy um and talk about some really um interesting topics but one thing um just Mindy's kind of lifestyle is that she is not a single mom. However, sometimes uh, she lives that lifestyle as her husband is out on the road. He is um, the head of house sound manager for um, Brothers Osborne. Um, They tour all over the world. Um, And right now I think he's on like a 10 day stint somewhere. Yeah. But so Mindy's home alone with, the girls a lot. So we're going to talk about that some. We're also going to dive into a topic um, today that's really important to me because I I battle with anxiety and I know that um, Mindy um, has had some similar experiences as well and so we're going to discuss that a little bit. But we'll just go ahead and get started and one thing that I like to ask every guest is just tell me a little bit about what what it was like to grow up in the McReynolds household. Um, yeah, uh, the McReynolds household, we grew up in a very small town, uh, north of Nashville, um, pretty country. Um, so it was very conservative. Um, and my dad was a very, he was very much the head of the household. Uh, my mom, you know, next in line, um, that very atypical family, mm-hmm. um, structure, um, he he was very into discipline and very into spankings and that sort of thing. Literally, it was spanking until we were old enough to be grounded. Yeah. Um, so I've heard interesting stories. So for our listeners, I am married to Mindy's brother. Mm-hmm. You probably figured that out. But um, I've heard some very interesting stories of things. And he'll tell our kids all the time, like, you think I'm tough on you. Just, <laughs> yes. you better hear these stories. And then he'll tell them some real crazy story yeah. um, about how he was raised. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, spilling a spilling uh, a glass of milk or something at the dinner table was a pretty big deal, a pretty big no-no. Um, we would get in a lot of trouble for that. Just little mistakes like that. There was kind of, wasn't a lot of room for... Um, Making mistakes. Which is interesting to me because observing you as a parent, you're not like that at all. I'm totally different. Penny actually spilled. Penny is my youngest. She's a year and a half. She spilled a whole glass of water while you were gone. And I was just like, I need to tell Steven. Like, it was just nothing. Like, Like, I was like, oh. You know, I, I think going through that, you kind of 
I wanted it to be different. Because I remember being a kid and I remember being like, I'm trying. Like, right, just, yeah. as a child, thinking, oh, I'm just, I'm trying and really hard and I just scared, like, walking on eggshells or, like, scared yes, to mess up. Yes, I mean, you're still just kind of growing into your body and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, everybody's awkward. So it was a conscious yeah. decision to go a different yes. direction. Yeah, was absolutely. my question. Yeah, yes. okay. Of course. Um, and then, kind of growing up, um, you, at what age did you meet Courtney? Courtney is a boy. Yes, Courtney is a boy. That, that is the person who's my husband. He's also the production manager. Of okay. Too, so. Thank you for yeah. that clarification because I actually, before I said it, was like, I'm probably going to say this wrong. Yeah, he's front of house and production manager. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, he wouldn't have minded, but just in case, he was like, hey, yeah. I have a little bit more than that. I'm more titles than All that. the titles. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I met Courtney when I was, I think, I want to say 20. I think I was 20. I'm okay. 33 now. So, okay. I, yeah, that night, 20, 19 or 20. And then when y'all met, did you like instantly like know he was the one or? I actually saw him at church of all places. Um, and when I saw him, I looked at my cousin who was right next to me and I said, that's the kind of guy I want to marry. What? So, but then when he actually messaged me on MySpace, if that didn't already date me enough. Oh, um, yes, MySpace. MySpace. Okay. So he MySpace messaged me and I was like, no, he's, he's too hot for me. He's too hot for me. So, but. Oh. It all worked out. It's all history. That's fascinating. I, you know, I don't, I think I had a MySpace. I'm certain that I didn't communicate with people on it. I legitimately did not communicate with people either on MySpace. But since I knew him from church, yeah. I'd seen him. It yeah. was a safe place, I guess. To that is fascinating. I, my brain just like totally took a deep dive into MySpace and was like picturing what the screen oh, even yeah. looked like. I probably had some really awesome indie music on oh. my page at that time. That's amazing. I actually what know think, his. What song were you listening to? There. Oh, what was his song? His was "Oceans" by Thrice. Oh wow! Yeah, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Um. So you meet him at what? Twenty? Is that what you ish, said? Yeah. Twenty-ish. And then when did y'all get married? Um. It was two years after we started dating, and we've been married. It'll be ten years this year. So wow. I was tw- twenty. I guess I was twenty-three at the time. Did what was he doing at the time? Was he already working in music the he music was industry? already working in the music industry so there's two different types of touring really mm-hmm. okay um there is um just the kind of standard touring set and then there's a the weekend warrior stuff the standard touring is like rock and pop and they they leave generally for a month or two and they're home for a month or two mm-hmm. and then the weekend warrior stuff is you know home for multiple days and then gone for multiple days through the weekend. Yeah. And, um, so when I first met him, he was doing, he was in metal at that point and he would leave for a month or two and then come home for a month or two. Now he's doing, as soon as I actually, as soon as we had our first daughter, Riley, um, he started with country and he started doing the weekend warrior stuff. Okay. So cool. And so, um, so you, I mean, it wasn't, you knew what you were signing up for, I guess. Yeah, I did, sort of. Yeah, you knew he was. You knew he was <laughs> in that. You can. Right, you yeah. knew he was in that world, and so yeah. that was you know what he was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, when y'all got married, did you want to have kids right away, or what was the thought? No, we both wanted to have kids. He's seven years older than me. Okay. Um, we both definitely wanted to have kids, but we, you know, 
honestly, I never had a point where I was like, I just have to have kids. Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm starting to get a little bit older. He's getting, he's considerably older than me. Um, you know, if we don't make that decision now, I don't think we will. Um, so I actually called my oldest brother, Mike, and I asked him his advice and he said, well, you know, where do you, where do you see yourself in X amount of years, like five or 10 years? Is that with kids or without kids? Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's definitely with kids. And he's yeah. like, well, you kind of have to do now to have later, right? What great advice. Way to go, right. Mike. I know. He crushed it. That's awesome. I'm, that is a great way to think about yeah. it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and so when you did have Riley, who's mm-hmm. now five and a half. Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to lie. She told me that today, and I was certain in my brain that she had to be four because I think I just wanted her to be four. She's really short. Yeah, yeah, and I you was want like, her to be I wanted her to still be a baby, yeah. kind of. Like, yeah. I wasn't ready. And then I was like, well, that does make, obviously, just going to kindergarten, so that yeah. makes sense. So, um, it just caught me off guard a little bit. She's getting old. I'm not ready. So. Get rid of her now. <laughs> Send her to work. <laughs> She's grown up so fast. So, um, by the time kids came around, what was Courtney's tour schedule like at that time? He had actually immediately started in country for the first time. I think his first week out with the country artist um, was when she was born. I think he was home for the first week. Oh, no, I take that back. He was home for the first couple days, and he was gone for almost the first two weeks of her life. Okay, so yeah. let's pause. Yeah. So you pop out a baby. Pop out a baby. It's your first baby. First baby. And you have a couple of days. Couple days. Your husband's there, and he's gone. And then he leaves what for two weeks. Your, what's happening in your mind? Any Number one, I'm thinking back to the first few days of my first child, and I'm like, I don't remember anything yeah. because it was all such a blur. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was different. It it was pretty blurry. I remember, I remember being incredibly overwhelmed, um, and I also remember at that time when she was really young, and this may have been a little bit after that, but I I remember our apartment just becoming just coming into such disarray because I just couldn't manage my new life mm-hmm. um, that we had a bunch of fruit flies and Courtney came home and he's like, why are there so many fruit flies in this house? Like oh, we need no. to do better at cleaning. Oh, which means was, you need to do better at cleaning. Yes, Cause you were not going to right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm interpreting. Yes. <laughs> he's out on the road and yeah. then he re-enters and there are flies. Yes. Oh <laughs> no. Are you doing better now? Five and a half years later? Five and a half years later, I am doing much better. I actually, now I know, um, I think after three years, after the cloud came up, came off of me, yeah. of having her, I think I realized that I, I definitely had postpartum, and I had no idea. Yeah, um, like looking back, you realized back, it. absolutely. And I, Courtney didn't realize it either, and yeah. we had talked about it before we even had her, like, this is what we need to look out for, but when you're in the middle of it, you just yeah. don't know. Yeah, you have no idea, mm-hmm. and because like you said, you're not, your head's not above water. Yeah. And then you get to that point of clarity and you're going, oh, I did things that were maybe a little out of my true nature, yes. my true characteristic. Yeah. And, but also you're, I mean, for me personally, I was in survival mode. Yeah. Like number one, I have no freaking clue what I'm doing mm-hmm. with this baby. I've never had a baby before yeah. and I got to keep it alive. 
But while I'm trying to keep it alive, it's crying and not letting me go to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. So it's like this weird juggling act of no sleep, Mm -hmm. but also you are responsible for keeping it alive. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, um, so over the years, I want to talk just a little bit kind of about that continuing schedule and what it's like. Do you feel like you can relate with single moms? Um, in a way, yes. And in another way, no. I think there is something huge to be said for if at any point the crap hits the fan, I can pick up the phone and have emotional support from Courtney. Yeah. And I think that's the huge difference between what, you know, what I'm doing. And, and I know the cavalry is coming too. Right. Yeah. You know, um, there's always that moment of like, okay, on this day, if I just last till this day, you know, then he can give me a break. Whereas single parents, they don't get that generally. Yeah. Um, they don't, they don't necessarily have that. Um, so I think that's a huge distinction, but I mean, there, I mean, there's definitely correlation. It is overwhelming. Doing yeah. All Cause yourself. sometimes like, what's the longest stretch that he's been out on the road since the girls have been born? I want to say probably close to a month. Well, at, at one time, at one gone time. for a month. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think he's done that since Penny's been born though. So okay. I, I think the longest he's been gone since Penny's been born was maybe three weeks. Yeah. And then are there times, like you said, you can call them and have emotional support. Are there times, like, how often is that happening? Are you like, um, I think of myself, and I think of myself as a very strong woman Mm -hmm. who also is very needy, if I'm just being honest. And Mm -hmm. there are days where I'm like, Stephen, I know that you'll be home in two hours, but, like, I've just hit my wall. I've hit my wall, and I just need to tell you. I just need to vent. And having a moment having a breakdown I wish I wish those moments for me were as uh nicely put as yours I think (laughs) mine are most I mean this literally happened last night uh we all went to bed and all the children are in are in their bedroom with me and um, Riley is laying beside us on the floor on this little pallet and she pops her head up and she's like mom it smells like cat poop and the cats had literally pooped on the bed oh so after I get that all taken care of Uh um I of course like the girls fall asleep and I'm like texting him you know like um like when was the last time you cleaned the cat litter because it was so full I was like I can't I'm like over like over my head in chores trying to keep everything together and usually usually my stuff missing him or needing his help really manifests in frustration and and I I will say I was pretty good about not like attacking attacking him I did Mm -hmm. say you know I I understand you probably do more than I'm that I'm saying right now it just feels like yeah sort of thing but mine usually manifests in frustration I just you know yeah I feel you a hundred percent a hundred percent um well obviously being your sister-in-law I get a front row seat to observe you and Courtney Mm -hmm. um and just knowing Courtney, like, I feel like probably it's about 50-50 of going to a family event and Courtney's either out of town mm-hmm. or he's there. It's probably 50% of the time he's on the road, 50% of the time he's able to attend family functions mm-hmm. from my perspective. And he's just such a great dad. He's, like, he incredibly involved and goofy yeah. with the girls and mm-hmm. dotes on them. and yeah. um, But not to 
take an emotional turn. Mm-hmm. Um, your brother, my husband, who um, is the middle child mm-hmm. um, out of you and your other siblings, um, there's Michael, the oldest, then Mindy, then my husband. Um, every time we leave a family event and it's just you and Courtney's not there, we always get in Steven's truck and he always goes, Mindy is just the best mom. She's so amazing and just takes such good care of them. And I mean, it's for both of us, we're just so impressed with you as a mom and it's hard. I have been a a single mom, like through divorce, but watching you interact with the girls when he's not there, we're both just floored with how great you are. Such a great balance of playing and discipline and like, keeping them in line and like you know I don't know just as a someone who watches from a distance we're just both both very 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 impressed with you and um think you're just the best mom ever and I really look up to you Mindy and I are actually both 33 born December of 85 (laughs) I'm a few weeks older (laughs) um two weeks older than Mindy you can lay claim to that I'm totally (laughs) (laughs) I am old. I'm the older one, um, but I just really look up to you as a mom. And Thank I know you. my kids are older, but that means absolutely nothing. Most of my heroes as a mom, most of them, I mean, just that I know really well. Um, I had kids really young, so of my friend group, a lot of their kids are younger than mine, mm-hmm. and I just have so many heroes out there that I really like. Man, they figured out how to do it right way before I did. And I know we all feel like we're not. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Thank you. That is. Yeah. We're both over here with just like a little, yeah. bit of, little bit of water. <laughs> a little teary-eyed. little teary-eyed. But I did need to throw that out there. Thank you. Um, anyway, so Courtney's gone. You're at home. Uh, but you work. Yeah. I work about 30 hours a week in, I work finance, in finance, um, as a staff accountant. So, um, I actually, Riley starts school in the fall, which that'll yay, be a big, a big break, right? Huge break. Uh, she was going uh, part-time to my, my other sister-in-law's, um, Courtney's sister. She, she has a little daycare. Uh, she was going to, um, her house about 10 days a month. And all the other times I was watching her and I watched Penny full-time. So I watched Penny full-time and work 30 hours and watch Riley when needed. You're not like stay-at-home mom, momming it up, like in your jammies and eating bonbons on the couch. I don't eat bonbons on the couch. I do stay in my jammies almost all day. Well, Well, I throw on leggings. Yeah. Same thing. Right. Pretty much. Basically the same thing. Yeah. I work from home like three days a week and I'm usually in yoga pants. Yeah. And just for our listeners, because y'all are women, um, I'm assuming that the people who listen to this (laughs) podcast are women. I make myself every morning put on a bra. I make myself put on shoes every morning. Yeah, and I make yeah. myself put on tennis shoes and, yeah. and tie them because yes, I'm yeah. like, if I don't put on tennis shoes and a bra, I'm actually going to sit down all day. Yeah. If I put on tennis shoes and a bra and I'm working from home, I'm probably going to, on conference calls when it's not my turn to talk, I might do some squats or yeah. I have little hand weights and I might actually do some curls when I'm listening to a conference call yeah. if it's not my turn to talk and... If I didn't have my tennis shoes and my bra on, I wouldn't do any of those things. And that is a fact. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
So the tennis shoes are a must for me. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't feel as productive. Riley has started putting on her tennis shoes in the morning. She's like, I got to put my shoes on. Oh, I'm like, good. oh, she's so learning productive. the habit. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. That's so good. Um, well, I want to pivot just a little bit, and we just you and I spoke about this briefly before we started recording. Before I hit record, um, and we both similarly um, deal with anxiety. And so I just wanted to unpack that a little bit. I know you told me that that didn't really come about for you um, until you had kids. And I just want to say again, from just looking in, like as an observer, I had no clue, Mm. like zero clue that you had ever had any issue with anxiety. And I can't remember if Steven mentioned it or if I heard you say it, but who I heard it from first. But Mm -hmm. I I heard it mentioned at one point and I was like, no way. Like I had no clue. Yeah. Um, So tell me when you first noticed it and what kind of how you became aware. Um, I really started noticing it. I would say actually the first time I started experiencing it a little bit is I would experience it here and there, actually before I had kids, um, driving to go, like driving out of state to try to find parking. And it was always surrounded by parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would get parked and I was fine. And I would just like have these moments of like a little bit of anxiety. Um, and I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, obviously that's kind of, I just hate parking in places. I don't know where I'm going to park, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, it's a weird quirk of mine. Um, but then after I had Riley, um, it really bumped up. It was just kind of just a low level, just constant on edge. Um, I remember having a conversation with Courtney where he, you know, he was just like, you know, you're not joking around like you used to. And um, he's like, you just, he's like, you're just you're just always on edge and it's like well when you have five million things to do a day Mm -hmm. you know I would love to say that I'm you know a Disney princess and can do it while I'm singing and all this stuff right there's too much stuff to do and I was like only one of us can be the free-spirited person so I was like either we come together and we split things a little bit better Mm -hmm. um and I get more help or this is just how it is right um and him kind of stepping up and doing more things around the house was very helpful. Um, I do realize that, you know, having, I have, there's certain day, like some days I wake up and I have more anxiety than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I've read, I believe is part of it is lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that I probably have a, a type or a small form or a mild form of sleep apnea, probably. Runs in um, your family. It definitely <laughs> runs in the family. Um, and they say that if you, you know, if, you're, if your body is waking up like that in kind of a startled, non-breathing state, mm-hmm. that it kind of sets the stage for the next day. Um, so some days are worse than others. But when I worked at my previous job, um, the... The company was going under and it was about to be bought out and I started having severe panic attacks mm-hmm. um, and I would just have panic attacks where my whole body would just it was very hard to explain but it felt like there were needles on my head and it would just the needles would run down my head and I would just feel like I was just gonna barf everywhere and I actually went to the doctor for stomach upset issues mm-hmm. and you know she was really cool and um, 
but there was really no reason for me to have it. And it was, it was, it was just anxiety. Yeah. Um, I switched jobs. Thankfully I got, you know, the work from home job, which has made mm -hmm. it a lot easier to take care of things and, um, to be there for things that pop up. Um, but no, I, I still struggle with, with some anxiety. It's, I have to take care of myself and luckily I'm able to take care of myself and kind of ease it a mm -hmm. bit. Um, so it's not so severe that I've had to go on medication just yet. Yeah. Although I'm not opposed to it. You know, sure, if yeah. that's what makes me function, yeah. I will do that, yeah. you know? Um, but right now I'm able to manage it with, with self-care. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like, do you feel like you have maybe a signal or a sign that you pick up on now where you're like, I may be headed down that way and what does that look like? We, Courtney and I just went on a trip for our 10 year anniversary to Scotland and Ireland. Yeah. And anytime I boarded a plane during that trip, uh -huh. I would start to get a panic attack and I could feel my body tensing up. And luckily from all the things that I had read was you can't supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but it works <laughs> for me, but they said that you can't have a panic attack when your body is literally in a calm state. Yeah. So every single time I would feel it coming up, I would realize my muscles were super tense. tense. Uh -huh. And so I would just relax my muscles and just breathe and just kind of do just essentially mindfulness. Do you physically feel it in a specific part of your body? Um, I don't think so. I think it's just a general feeling of my stomach. I'm starting to feel a little nauseous. Yeah. It's starting to get overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. I feel I get um, a tightness in my chest mm -hmm. and I feel my chest starting to tighten and then I'll start maybe feeling like my shoulders starting to tighten a little bit as mm -hmm. it spreads, I guess, yeah. and as it kind of builds within me. And um, I have... I have extreme anxiety and it manifests in different ways at different times. Um, I was in multiple car wrecks mm -hmm. in a short period of time. Actually, before I married my ex-husband, um, he and I were engaged and we were driving and it was in the rain and we hit a puddle and hydroplaned mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we spun around and we're going the opposite direction of like an 18 wheeler on the interstate and Anyway, all of that long story to say, anytime it rains and I'm in a car, um, especially if I'm driving, I have an instant full-blown like zero to a hundred panic attack. Mm -hmm. It can be sunny and shiny and then when it starts raining, and not just a sprinkle, it's actually got to be a decent amount of rain, um, I will freak out. And for a while, because that was a long time ago, um, 12... 13 years ago when that particular wreck happened. Um, but I had been in a couple of other smaller wrecks in the rain as well. Um, and then um, I had, there was one time when I was driving um, to Tennessee from Georgia and I was by myself um, driving and the rain was coming down so hard. I had to pull over into a gas station and my dad had to drive like 45 minutes out to come get me mm -hmm. because I was just so scared. And it, it um, manifests in a huge fear and I would replay that old wreck in my head just over and over and over again. And I couldn't turn it off. Like there was no stop button. I mm -hmm. couldn't turn it off and I would be short of breath like... <gasps> And like couldn't take a deep inhale or exhale. And so I would know, number one, I'm endangering myself and other people on the road if I'm sure. on the road. So I would get off the road. But um, 
So I had almost gotten over that um, after multiple years. And then when um, my um, biological son, Jude, his first day of kindergarten. Um, so this is now seven years after the fact, maybe even more. I'm getting my timeline messed up. But after that original wreck, um, and I'm finally getting to the place where I can drive and feel confident and not be scared. And I was coming down a hill. It's his first day of kindergarten. And I, my brakes and my super beat up, extra, extra old. Well, I'll just tell everybody. Uh, when I was a single mom, and this was when Jude was going into kindergarten, I was just dating my current husband. Um, but I'd been a single mom for multiple years and I was driving a 1996 Honda CRV. The windows cranked, but would not roll up. You could roll them up, but then they drop right back down. Like gravity would just like pull them right back down. And it had like a big dent in one side and, um, certain doors wouldn't lock. Um, it was a jewel. But it would get me from point A to point B if you prayed the right way and did the right, like, rain dance kind of thing. You could mm -hmm. get from point A to point B. Well, this particular day, um, my brakes, which I thought were working great, decided to lock up. And it was mm -hmm. raining. Of course it was raining to just add to that um, fear for me. And I just slid down this hill and I couldn't move. And this other car hit us. We were all safe. Everybody was fine. But... We strolled into Jude's kindergarten class. We met his teacher and I'm sobbing, like oh. makeup running down my face. It's raining. So I'm like hair just flat and Jude, he's fine. He's like, yeah, kindergarten. <laughs> he was so excited, but I was a hot mess. And then I literally felt like I ruined your whole kindergarten. <laughs> like that's literally what it felt like. Um, but so that's like just one situational and I, Honestly, and it's probably wrong, some psychologists, if they listen to this, could tell me, but I consider it PTSD because to me it was a traumatic event and I feel like I have post-traumatic distress from it. Yeah. But then situational anxiety, I have all the time. And it is similar to what you were saying where I feel like things are building. So I can be sitting here right now interviewing you for the podcast and I'm fully aware of um, the phone call that I need to make to the school of the, um, you know, thing that I need to put in the mail of the item that I need to purchase right now because it won't be in stock whenever and we've got to have it for such and such situation. You know, like I'm fully aware of 27 other things that have to happen, mm -hmm. but they can't happen at this moment. Yep. They probably can't happen tomorrow. It's Sunday. Certain places are going to be closed like the post office, which I needed to put something in the mail. So, and my brain runs through these scenarios and it just runs through and it runs through. And then comes the shame mm -hmm. of, well, you should have been better at organizing your time. Yeah. Well, you should have had a better game plan. Well, you shouldn't have done this because then you could have done that. And I start building and it becomes, um, it kind of can block me from other things. And then even cooler my body just wants to shut down yeah and like go okay well we can't do all the things we're not going to be able to do all the things so we just don't just do, do any, any of them exactly yeah. Yeah. we won't do any of the things yeah and then it gets worse so um you know some days I feel like I'm fighting that battle and some days I literally am like 
I'm a badass. I got this figured Mm -hmm. out. I am crushing. Like, I got up at 4 a.m. I did a workout. I went to my job job, and then I went and taught a fitness class. And then I came home and made a hot dinner for everybody. And I washed the dishes, and I did, you know, X, Y, Z. And then I'm like, yeah, I did it. Mm -hmm. But I would say that... There are a lot of days where that is not the case. Or those times when you make a really good dinner, but then because you made a really good dinner, your kids had to watch TV so they'd stay out of your hair. And then you're like, I made this awesome dinner. Oh, wait, but I'm. why did I let them watch that much TV? It's like yeah. everything is just... Uh, so yeah. you did something awesome I literally did for that them. yesterday, yeah. So awesome for them because yeah. you're like, man, my mom always made dinner for us. Or yeah. I think stuff like that. And then I'm like, well, yeah, but my mom also didn't work. So I'm like, my mom was at home cooking the dinner Mm -hmm. while I was at school or, you know, and was able to at least prep it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. I just, you know, I let them have extra screen time. Yeah. Which means, yeah, I made them the dinner. So I'm a bomb mom, Mm -hmm. but I let them have extra screen time, which means I'm a crap mom. I wonder how much of our memories are actually accurate. I think that all the time. Yeah. I literally do. Because we only remember snippets from Mm -hmm. our childhood. We only remember snippets of what our moms did or didn't do. So, you know, in my mind, my mom came home and she did dinner every single night. And sometimes she'd have our help. I like to help her make dinner and stuff. But, you know, literally every single night we never had fast food because there really was no fast food there. So it's like every single night she came home, she made dinner and she literally didn't sit down. I do know for a fact that consistently she wouldn't sit down until like 10 minutes before bedtime yeah or she would be there 30 minutes rubbing dad's knees for him super mom yeah that is super mom um yeah that made me think about um how i think that our moms you know they did so much and then we look back and i i kind of judge against that I judge myself against that so I hold up what my mom did and then I put my you know your imagined view yeah I kind of I kind of put my stats up right next to it and Mm -hmm. I'm like well she did this but you know what I did this and it's Mm -hmm. not like a competition but I feel I want to in a way I want to feel like I'm living up yeah and And then I want to I want to improve upon Mm -hmm. too so I like hold that up and then some days I'm like Okay, cool, cool. I feel like I'm doing pretty good in this imaginary stats game. Mm -hmm. And then there are days where I'm like, oh, my gosh, my mom would, like, run laps around me on this day, you know. But it's not a fair comparison at all. Completely different circumstances Mm -hmm. in every way. Yeah. Amount of kids, amount of work, you know, all of it. None of it's a fair comparison, but it's what I know. Yeah. Or it's like the situation of thinking of, you know, what did your mom do when she was sick? In my mind, my mom never got sick because I never saw her as being sick. And, you know, a month or so ago, I was really sick. And I told Riley, I felt so sick I couldn't even get off the couch. And I was like, Riley, just go to the pantry and make yourself dinner. Like, grab anything to eat as long as it's not sugar and you can eat it for dinner. And she was so excited. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, she's not going to think that I was sick. She's not going to remember that. She'll just think like, oh, mom let me do this one time. It was super awesome. And that's the memory I would have. are in a way healthier place and thinking about that than I am because Mm -hmm. I immediately think, 
and this is not true, but I immediately think I scarred them and mm. one day they're going to have to go to therapy because I was sick and I asked them to make their own dinner is mm. where my brain instantly goes to. And that's yeah. definitely part of the anxiety. Mm-hmm. And having been a single mom and been through some really, really rough years and for our listeners, I really plan to go into that in depth at some point. Um, but even um, my my youngest, my personal youngest, my biological son, Jude, um, he will often say things like, Mom, remember when you used to cry all the time? And I'm like, oh, I was totally super hoping that you would forget that. <laughs> Thank you a lot for reminding me. You were two years old, and I'm so appreciative that you are remembering that life is hard, and I try to turn it into a lesson. Like, And that's how we grow in yeah. life. And, you know, see and where we are now. Emotions. Exactly. Um, his other favorite thing to say, which I'll just share this for the listeners, his favorite thing to say to me that, like, really gets me in my gut is hey mom remember when we used to eat ramen noodles every night and I'm like I do it happened to be that same period of time where I was like rubbing two pennies together hoping that we could pay our bills hoping that the car wouldn't break down hoping we could you know pay the rent etc and like trying to find a way to hustle and get on my feet which I am now um looking back at but it took a hot minute Mm -hmm. and I really was hoping that like (laughs) seven years later his brain would have completely forgotten that moment in time um but it hasn't he's got a great really like steel trap memory thank god but now that I know that I can be more (laughs) cautious more on edge (laughs) exactly we still eat ramen noodles I will say probably once every six to twelve months um, just in full yeah. disclosure, um, sometimes you just got to have that salty. I remember um, when I, when we were kids, my mom used to make chip beef gravy on toast. And what is a, ch- a chip so, beef gravy? Yeah, so mom could just make gravy. I mean, mm-hmm. she just made gravy. Uh, chip beef, you can buy them. It's in a little uh, glass can. And it's, it's a very non it doesn't really have much of a taste to it, but mm-hmm. it's some sort of beef and it's like super thinly sliced and it's like literally just diced up. Um, and, but I mean, it's just literally chip beef gravy on a piece of toast, nothing else on it. And it's like a popper's meal. Yeah. And I remember eating it when we were little, like consistently enough that I remember what chip beef is. I have not <laughs> seen it in the grocery store since. Yeah. I mean, I've never even heard um, of it or seen it. But it's because we had so little money, but I don't think back on it. I actually think back on it fondly. Like, man, we didn't have very much money, but we were happy. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, I was a happy kid. Yeah. So, and you all turned out really great. I feel like something I'm a pretty was, awesome person. something in that household was working out <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, well, that's funny. Um, So going back, kind of super loop, back around to the anxiety, what do you feel like, um, because you said you know some triggers now, like getting on an airplane, something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, What are things that you know for a fact help you navigate through that? Um, I've realized that doing the thing that gives me anxiety and having situations where I don't have a panic attack Mm -hmm. has helped me to calm down in those situations, to purposefully put myself in those situations and be 
be very mindful of when it's coming and to use the things that I've learned to just calm it down, like the relaxing, breathing. Uh, chewing gum is really good for anxiety because it gives you something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking of other things, blowing some air on your face. Um, yeah, that those things are good for panic attacks. Um, for anxiety itself, just taking a step back yeah. for me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A few questions that I like to ask kind of every mom that's been on here. um, What from your childhood, because I know we we kind of dissected it just a little bit, but what from your childhood was really, really important for you to pass on to your girls? Um, I think being respectful um, of, respectful of everyone, um, being kind a very hard work ethic, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, having a moral compass, mm-hmm. um, I think are all very important things. Um, and also to, as, as a girl, I mean, in my household, we grew up, my dad expected me to do the things that my brothers did. Mm-hmm. There was no, you know, special treatment because I was a girl and yeah. he even, he literally got, got, you know, razzed from his own father telling him, she's a girl, don't make her go out and do this hard labor. And he's like, I don't care. Right. Like, she's just, she can work just as hard as them. Like, she's going out there. As an adult, you don't resent that. Absolutely not. No, I actually appreciate that. Because I see where I can, you know, Courtney's gone so much that I can, if something happens, I can fix it. Or our washer started leaking everywhere. I ordered a part and I replaced the part myself. Like there are things that, yeah, I mean, and it's not, and it's not necessarily that I, that he, my dad taught me how to do that specifically. He taught me how to use my hands and use tools, but you know, he, in the long run, he gave me uh, a self-confidence to do things that I, you know, probably have no right to be like, I can do that. You know, like I can fix a washer, you know, thank goodness it worked out. But you know, it it gives me a self-confidence that I can try it. And if I, and if I don't fix it, I'll hire somebody. What, yeah. what did I lose out on? Right. You, know? you tried. Exactly. And you could have saved yourself $300. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes, exactly. So I think, I think for having two girls, that's really important to me that, that they can be self-sufficient and that they don't, I don't, I don't desperately need Courtney. Like I don't mm-hmm. rely on Courtney on the day to day. I love him and enjoy his company and love to spend time with him, but I don't have to have him. I don't yeah. have to have somebody yeah. else. Besides just living it and doing it, are there intentional things that you do to try to bring it to a two-year-old level or a five-year-old level of teaching that or instilling that? I think as of right now, it's just kind of showing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, living by example. My dad got the girls, before he passed, he got the girl, uh, he got Riley a toolbox. Mm -hmm. So she has her tools. So when I go and do something, she'll grab her tools or I'll give her a tool. And I try to include them in in what I'm doing to try to help them just not necessarily learn how to use it, but just have that like, oh yeah, girls can do this. Like there's no, to, to Riley, to Riley, a woman fixes things. Yeah, you know, that's in amazing. her mind, that's just yeah. natural. Yeah, um, just because that's what she she seen. gets a very unique perspective. Yes, because yeah. Dad's not even there to yes. kind of help yeah. or like try before mm-hmm. you try. Yeah, yeah, that's I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, 
Another question that I like to ask people, and this is just kind of rapid fire as we're uh, ending here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had no kids, mm-hmm. what would your alternate life look like? This is the one that everybody seems to have a hard time with. I honestly think, I I think I would be working in finance. I do enjoy finance. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as I have a more um, laid back culture and, you know, I'm I'm able to kind of manage my own time and everything. I think I would work in finance. I think I would do, I would definitely do a lot more baking. I love to bake. Yeah. Um, And, and there, I would do a million more home projects. Yeah. I legitimately can't do any home projects because right. I'm like Time. Steven. I'm like Steven, once I start a project, like I have to get it done. Like uh-huh. it kills me to not have it done. Yeah. And when you have kids, like I have nap time. Right. And yeah. that's not enough time to do anything. Yeah. And your nap time, I mean, it can start and end at any second. Like the 45 minutes I had earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> that very luxurious <laughs> exactly. 45 minutes that you the had. The time I had to, to make lunch for Riley and <laughs> sit down for five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then the baby wakes. Yeah. Um, and then if there was just like one thing that you like would blanket statement, just kind of share with any new mom, like pregnant or it's going to be a mom soon. Um, what would you share? And I know that it's, it's hard because I think for me, it's hard to, to say, Ooh, cause I don't feel like I've got it all figured out. Yeah. I don't really feel like I have hardly any of it figured out. Yeah, no, I'm totally confused. Yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. But maybe something that has just really been important or helpful to you. I think knowing and having talked to so many different moms at different points in their lives, just know that you're not going to know what to do. 90% 90% of the time yeah. and that's okay because nobody else does. Yeah. It feels like, like if you think back on your mom, it feels like they knew exactly what they were doing. Yes. But spoiler alert, they didn't either. They didn't have the playbook either. Yeah. Nobody yeah. has the playbook. Yeah. yeah. I Give yourself some grace. 1000% agree. Cause I think about that all the time and I think back on like my aunts and I think back on like moms that as a young, young child I was around and I looked up to and I was like, they are nailing this. Yeah. Just like through those little bitty eyes. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of things in my 33 years of life, <laughs> uh, I look back and I go, oh my gosh, they didn't have it figured out. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they said this. Or that's yeah. why that things that like I have clues now mm-hmm. or I can look back on things and go, I did not know that that is what that meant. I was talking to a lady uh, the other day who is about a decade older than me. And she has kids that are literally almost the exact same ages the girls and we were just talking about things and she was in the exact same boat like she's 10 years older than me and you'd think that maybe she'd have some crazy extra knowledge yeah but no she doesn't like she's been in this journey just as long as I have and it's just as confusing (laughs) yeah well there you go there you go it's a real great you're screwed everybody exactly you're all screwed we're all screwed um but your kids don't know it so That is the silver lining. The silver lining your kids don't know that you're screwing, that you're failing. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, we're not failing. Everyone is doing, I like to use a phrase that a college psychology professor always used. And she said, everyone is doing the best with what they've got. Yeah. And 
all you know is how you were raised. That's sure. the lens that you have to look through. Um, you have to actively choose to learn and grow to be able to change that lens. Um, and so that's, I think, what we're doing here is we're just trying to learn from each other and learn each other's whys and kind of um, take it one step and one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. We're all crushing it. We're all doing a good job. We're crushing it. Every, yeah. All you listeners. We're not selling our babies at Walmart. We're right. good. Right. Yeah. You're crushing <laughs> it. You're good. The fact that you're listening to a podcast to possibly learn something is like. Nailed it. So much. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, thank you to everyone who tuned in. I'm so grateful that Mindy was able to spend some time with us. Um, And we'll have to have her back sometime. Yeah. Awesome. Peace out.